Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Uh, Okay, today we are going to look at an Old Testament verse uh, from Genesis, and it is Genesis 32, verses 22 through 32. So if you you pull out your phone, your app, whatever, uh, your Bible app or the Bible, um, and it's going to be Genesis 32, verses 22 through 32. Here we go. Uh, Jacob wrestles with God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God's face, God, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, as, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendons attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so the big question is uh, why, of course, did God wrestle with Jacob? And I, I was thinking about, you know, when you grow up in Iowa, they give you something as soon as you start walking in the great state of Iowa. And I brought it here. For some reason, I have it. I don't know why it's made it with me on all of it, but... Will Zacharias, who is an accomplished grappler, uh, doesn't think this is still fits. But this is my wrestling singlet from kindergarten right there. And I, this is actually my wrestling singlet from Anita, Iowa. We were the Anita Spartans. We were purple and white. And literally, when I was in kindergarten, I, I wore this to many fourth and fifth place medals. Um, so, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, Usually there was four or five kids in the bracket. But anyway, neither here nor there. Here's the the point, um, is that this was one of the toughest sports that I've played them all. uh, And this is one of the toughest. And I did it until I was like in about eighth grade. And and so here's the thing. Um, Just a little bit ago, Pastor Matt and, and Will, they started like their own little wrestling thing. And they said, hey, do you want to come wrestle with us? And I said, absolutely not. Uh, I am 47 years old. If you see me wrestling now, call the police. 
uh, because that, something has gone terribly wrong. I don't want to wrestle at 47. I barely want to play Frisbee golf at 47. Um, so the question then, I, I think about this verse and how they wrestled all night. Uh, and it says they got to the daybreak, and then um, just some backstories of this too. Um, they said, wrestle with God. Some theologians think that the person that Jacob was wrestling with was the pre-incarnate Jesus. Uh, some people believe it to be an angel of the Lord. Some people believe it to be God himself. The one thing that we know for sure is that Jacob was wrestling with someone uh, sent by God, maybe God himself in the form of Jesus. Um, and, and so toward the end of this fight, um, God touches the hip, and now Jacob keeps wrestling, even with a wretched hip. Uh, if anybody here has ever wrestled, after about three minutes of wrestling, you, you want to kind of throw up. Uh, and, and so the fact that they went all night and Jacob was going, this uh, a lot of pastors kind of uh, get... Uh, there's a lot of great pastors in the world, but I think a lot of pastors kind of preach this the wrong way. It's a, they kind of preach it like it's a story of perseverance. Like if you just keep going, just keep swimming like in Nemo. If you just do that, then you're going to win and persevere, even if it's wrestling with God. And while perseverance is amazingly important, it's something that I've tried to teach my kids and my parents taught me. Uh, I don't think the point of this story is about perseverance. Uh, I think it's something much deeper than that. And then that's what we're going to explore. Um, a little background here. Uh, Jacob, of course, was younger, the seconds younger than his brother Esau. Esau, of course, if you went to any Sunday school uh, lessons, Esau was the hairy hunter, you know. He went out and he, he, he was the hunter, and Jacob was at home uh, kind of cooking with mom, you know, and, and things like that. So Jacob was a little bit more tenderhearted, and Esau was the hairy hunter. Um, and Jacob's name actually stands for the supplanter, which means the, the, literally the one who grasps the heel. That's Jacob, is, that's his, what his name means, the one who grabs, grasps the heel. And so he was giving that name at birth because he was always fighting with his second older, second's older brother. Um, in fact, in the womb, Scripture says this, that in the womb, they were, uh, Jacob was wrestling uh, to try to get out of the womb first. Years later, as you know, the same Jacob, that same Jacob, used his older brother's impatience, his hunger, and greed against him to get him to sell his birthright for literally a bowl of beans. Uh, he got him to sell, it must have been one good bowl of beans. Uh, he saw, sold his birthright for him. Uh, here's the point. Jacob was kind of a sneaky jerk. <laughs> Jacob was kind of a sneaky jerk. And, and not only now, oh, and then of course, so he tricks him. Uh, he tricks his father out of blessing his older brother, and he gets the birthright. So not only does he get the birthright and the inheritance from his father, he also now is the messianic heir for, for Jesus as well. So needless to say, you thought you had problems in your family. 
right? Uh, needless to say, these two brothers, uh, there was a lot of tension. Uh, there was a lot of tension between Esau and Jacob. And so Esau made a public knowledge that as soon as the old man died, he was going straight to Jacob and killing him. And that was, everybody was well aware of it, especially Jacob. So Jacob does what any of us would have done. He gets out of town. He leaves. Uh, and he bolts. And along the way, he marries two women, uh, Rachel and Leah. And later on, God calls Jacob to return home. So Jake, God calls Jacob to return home. And Jacob is understandably super nervous about that. So he's being called by God to return home, and he knows that his brother, who is the big hairy hunter who makes his life killing animals, is going to basically kill him. So now he's got a decision to make. Does he follow the call of God, knowing that his brother wants to kill him, or does he kind of just stay low with his two wives and his family? So he prays to God, he expresses his great fear. He realizes that he's called, but he's expressing his great fear. And then he takes, uh, he actually even sends gifts to Esau before he's going to do it. Like, he's like, okay, let me just try to grease the wheels here. Let me uh, send a couple of really great presents to Esau to kind of butter him up a little bit. And, but he's still not convinced. So Jacob sends his family in two waves in case something happens to one wave. And he does it at night because he's pretty convinced that Esau isn't going to try to fight at night. So God's calling him to go back and Esau uh, and Jacob says, okay, I'll do it, but I don't fully trust it. So I'm going to send the first wave with all my possessions and some of my family. And then the second wave with the kids I actually like. No, he didn't say that. Um, but he sends two waves uh, across and this is when the Lord God, this exact moment is when God comes down and wrestles with Jacob. And they wrestle all night long into the morning. And now here's where the real question actually comes up. Why a wrestling match? <laughs> Why a wrestling match with God? It's kind of bizarre, right? Um, did Jacob know all along that he was actually wrestling with God? Or did he think he was wrestling with a demon or something? Like what? Um, many people assume the answer is yes, because after he defeats God, after he defeats him, right away he did just demands, give me a blessing, give me a blessing, give me a blessing. Clearly, Jesus, uh, he knew that he was wrestling with God, right? I mean, if I challenged Will to a wrestling match up here and he defeated me in three seconds like he actually would, he wouldn't demand that I give him a blessing, probably. That would be weird. <laughs> Maybe he would. Will's shaking. Uh, but the point is, the point is, what if Jacob really knew, um, really didn't know, was that God was grappling with him uh, for, for this reason? First off, man can bless another man. Men can bless another man. Uh, blessing someone isn't just restricted to what God does. Um, so often we hear the language of blessing, and we assume that faithful Jacob was looking to squeeze additional blessings from God. But that's not the case. 
Um, and, and then in a little bit, it's interesting because uh, Jacob is wrestling with God, and then God says to him, what is your name? What is your name? And he says, my name's Jacob. Why is it so important that God knows his name? Why is it so important? Well, as a parent, you know how powerful the use of a name can be, especially when you add the middle name to it, right? Kylie Denise Johnson, she knows she is in trouble if I throw in that middle name. Uh, And if I have somebody's name, you actually have kind of dominion or a little bit of control over that person. And so God says, what is your name? And Jacob goes, well, my name is Jacob. And he goes, well, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it to Israel. I'm changing your name to Israel. And so then Jacob says to him, well, um, what's your name? And he doesn't answer because he doesn't want Jacob to have any dominion or control over him. So he just says, uh, you know what? I, I'm going I'm to give you a new name, and it's going to be Israel. Jacob tells him, and he says this. This is what God says. Because you have struggled and wrestled with God and prevailed, you are no longer named Jacob, but Israel. And this is when the light bulb clicks on for Jacob. This is when Jacob realizes who he's been wrestling with, that it was God. And not only did he live to tell about it, but he got a blessing out of it. Okay, so if you were reading this in English class, and this wasn't um, theology in a church, uh, you would be asked, what is the moral of this story, probably? What is the moral of the story with God wrestling with Jacob, later becoming Israel? And, and maybe, maybe you would say that um, it's about perseverance. In this world, we're going to face tough things, and we got to keep fighting. And I would give you a C-. minus. Um, because that's not exactly what the story is about. Check this out. This is what the story is about. The sto- Thank you, August. Yes, this is what the story is about. The story is about this. It's about Jacob being called by God and still being fearful about doing what he was called to do. Jacob had a special relationship with God, and he was specifically called by God to return home. And even in that moment, he was in doubt. He was in fear. He had anxiety. Jacob wasn't just wrestling with God. He was wrestling with doubt, just like you and I do. He believed God's blessings and promises. Absolutely. And yet... His voice, his prayers indicated that he didn't truly believe God's blessings in prayer. I mean, he would say it, but then when it really came down to it, Jacob didn't want to go back. In fact, God even called him to go back, and his prayer was like, uh, um, if we can do this another way, that would be fantastic. I don't know if we really should go back. You see, he was afraid. He doubted. So God, in that moment, in Jacob's fear and doubt, takes on a human form so God can teach him a profound lesson. And the lesson God was teaching was that God never forgets his promises 
God never forgets his blessings. God never forgets his promises. God never forgets his blessings. That's the lesson that he was trying to teach Jacob. In this account, you know, he gets a new name. Jacob, a lot of times when we think of blessing, we think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, uh, like, materially. Um, but Jacob doesn't get new, uh, any wealth out of this deal. Um, Jacob didn't get the winning Powerball numbers, even though it was relatively new back then. Um, he did not get any of that. Jacob did not get any material wealth. Jacob got a blessing. And it's kind of interesting, too, because um, the blessing also came with a bum hip. Like, not many of us would think that walking the rest of your life with, with that would be a blessing. Uh, I, that doesn't seem like a blessing. But the question right there reveals our, our, our lack of understanding what it means to be truly blessed by God. Jacob had a new name. And every time he heard that name... Every time he had to limp somewhere, every time he heard that new lame or had to limp somewhere, he was able to remember his face-to-face encounter with God. I have seen God face-to-face, and yet my life had been delivered. More than that, he remembered God's promise and blessing. He remembered that God never forgets his promises. God never forgets his blessings. And so... Um, by means of this struggle, God was able to remind Jacob of his blessing that he had already promised him. Jacob, now Israel, was a changed man, a new man, a man who had truly walked or limped by faith. Um, so in closing, I'm not going to take the typical path that I've heard a lot of people say about this and say, be like Jacob, persevere, and as you wrestle with God, you will overcome because the fact of the matter is we all kind of know, like, we know that we have to persevere in this world. And that's really secular advice. Um, it's really secular advice. Try hard. There are people who have families outside of church that are telling their kids right now to persevere and try harder. The reason that we come inside these four walls and learn more about God's word is so we can learn God's truth about how to deal with this broken world. And so... Um, no matter how hard you try, um, we can't overcome death. We can't overcome certain things. And honestly, there's been millions of times where I've prayed and God has said no. And I don't understand why. And it stinks. But besides that, um, remember the woman um, the, the, the lowly woman who did trust in the mercy and promises of God, even when it seemed like Jesus was against us. Uh, remember the, the woman who touched the robe of Jesus after she had been bleeding for 12 years, and she said to herself, if I can just get close to Jesus, I will be healed. And, and, and somebody touched Jesus' robe, and he turned around, and he said, who touched me? And And she fought her way through the crowd just to see Jesus and just to touch him, and she was healed. Um, We serve a God who is an amazing God. We serve a God of miracles. Uh, That's why we started off in the beginning of church day praying for Riley. And that's why we're going to take a couple minutes uh, here soon and pray for everybody else on that list. Uh, Because God's 
promises. We have to remember God's promises and hold fast to them in faith. Jacob didn't trust in God's promise. Jacob had a period of doubt. And that's when the perfect time when God came and wrestled with him. And after that, the man Israel never stopped believing in the promises of God. We think about this story, it seems kind of weird that God would wrestle with somebody. (laughs) Um, But the takeaway is that God never forgets his promises. God never forgets his blessings. You are a blessed people, redeemed through Jesus and the waters of baptism, claimed through the waters of baptism. In just a little bit, we're going to take communion. In communion, it's not a symbolic action. We know that we are forgiven through the blood of Christ. And when Jesus got his buddies together, his disciples together, right before uh, he was sent to the cross, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And we can't explain it. We can't understand it. It's one of those things we just accept, that God is with us when we participate in this. So uh, with that being said, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I I thank you for this day. I thank you for the reminder um, that you never forget your promises, you never forget your blessings. And so, Lord, um, we just take this moment to come before you and, uh, and thank you for claiming us from sin, death, and the devil. Thank you for the victory you've won for each and every one of us. Help us to remember that in the struggles you are with us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to take a second because we are going to be doing offering in just a moment. Um, I'm going to take a moment because uh, I think confession and absolution is really important right before, uh, right before communion. So I want to take a moment now and let's just silently confess the things that we've done in the last week. Let's confess uh, in, this, uh, in, this, in this time anything that we've done that has distanced us from God. Maybe it's something... Uh, that we said to a family member or something that happened, you know what it is, and it's probably one of the first things that's coming to your mind right now. Let's just take a moment and silently confess those things right now. Here's the good news, is that we have a God who loves us so much that he, is, uh, that, he's, that he sent his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall never die but have eternal life. As a called and ordained servant, I announce to you that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.